welcome to the Yoga Teacher Circle podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Ray, yoga teacher. You are needed now more than ever, and your unique voice, message, and offering needs to be shared with the world. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things related to teaching yoga to help you thrive doing what you love most, teaching yoga. So let's dive in. yoga online. This is, uh, this is just huge. So especially right now, I know, um, at least in Phoenix where I live, right? So I know that the stay at home order from gyms is now back. So a lot of teachers are now starting back to either teaching back online or wanting to. The other thing is I think since coronavirus started, it's been a really beautiful shift in being able to see there's more opportunity than only teaching in person in a, in a yoga studio or in a gym setting. And teaching online might be really, really scary. It's new, it's different, and I totally get that. Drop in the chat, actually, drop in the chat if you feel like, oh my gosh, there are so many teachers already teaching online. Why should I even try? Is there even room for me? So just drop into the chat if that's you. You can just say yes. What I really want to start with is that there is enough room for you. There is enough room for you. You are needed, especially right now. The world is crazy. Like there's just so much chaos happening right now. And there is room for you. No one can teach the way you teach. I want that to sink in. No one teaches the way you teach. You have a unique message, a unique voice, and a unique offering that needs to be shared with the world. So really let that sink in. Even if you might be a brand new teacher and the thought might be, well, I still haven't discovered my voice fully. So what kind of teacher am I? Yes, you're discovering that and you still have a unique offering, message, and voice that needs to be shared with the world. Today, I want to cover a few topics that are really how to create a genuine connection through the online space, how to charge for your classes. So that's a really important one. How do, how do I charge for my classes? And then technical steps to take to get started teaching online. So all the, the pre-setup. And then different ways to teach online and different types of platforms you can use to do so. I know personally, when I first started teaching online, it was a weird transition. I was only used to teaching studio classes or at the gym or in-person private clients. And when I had to learn how to teach online, it was completely different because now you're not just showing up to your studio and you teach for an hour, an hour and a half, and then you leave, and the studio does most of your marketing or helps you prepare, or you just, all you have to really do is just show up, right? So one of the things that you'll need to learn if you're taking your online, your teachings online as a, as a solo individual is you have to learn how to promote yourself, how to market your classes, how to attract students, and how to handle payments, right? So now you're kind of being forced to shift into a, what I call yogipreneur. And that's a whole new ballpark to, to tap into. Before we dive into the actual tips and techniques and stuff, I want to hear from you again in the chat. Please drop in, what is your hang-up about teaching online? So what's been holding you back? 
And that might be technical stuff. That might be mental blocks. That might be fear, perfectionism, wanting it to be perfect, maybe being on camera. Okay, so drop into the chat. What is it that is holding you back from teaching online or has been holding you back and now you're ready to move through? The one thing I want to say is (laughs) you're never going to feel ready. You're actually just never going to feel ready. There are steps to take to prepare yourself, to set up technology, to um, set up payments, right? So there are necessary steps to take. Yes, do that. And energetically, mentally, you're not going to feel like, okay, like you might, right? I'm not going to speak for you. You might feel like I got this, let's roll. But every time I have started something new, whether that's teaching online, filming YouTube videos, building a retreat, building a YTT, I've never felt ready. So the first step is I had to say yes first, and then I just figured out the rest after I say yes, okay? It's also teaching yoga. We know this. We're yoga teachers. Teaching yoga is not about us. It's not about you. Teaching yoga is about serving your students. So that's something that we have to remember to move through fears or mental blocks. When we're getting in our head and we're getting stuck, saying, I really want to teach online, but I'm afraid of of being on camera or I'm afraid of it not being good enough. I'm afraid of the video quality. I'm afraid of messing up. So we need to move through that or at least recognize it, sit with it. And then remember, teaching yoga is not about us. It's about serving our students. And you're really offering one of the most beautiful gifts. You're offering yoga and people need it right now more than ever. So you have to learn how to get out of your own way and make space for fear. So make space for fear. I love this. This is Elizabeth Gilbert's line. You just make space for it. It's going to show up. When I first, here's a little story. When I first started filming YouTube videos three years ago or so, my partner, Tommy, he's a videographer and photographer. He was like kind of pressing me like, let's film some YouTube videos of yoga classes. And I was terrified. Oh my gosh. It took him about six to eight months of like continuing to kind of like, let's do it. Let's do it for me to try. So I said yes. And we were in Portugal traveling. He's like, okay, let's do it. You know, get yourself ready and we'll do it tomorrow kind of thing. So I prepared a whole class. And once I got on camera, I mean, I hated it. Oh my gosh. I was so weird. I was so awkward. I like completely just shifted out of like my true self. I taught and then I cried (laughs) during it. And then after, so we stopped and then we like tried to reshoot it again and we did. And then later when I watched back, I just could not believe that that's how I looked I had a lot of body image struggles coming up, looking at my body, and then I critiqued myself so hardcore about my voice, my cues, my pace, my language. I just picked myself apart. I broke down. I cried and I said, we are not ever putting that up. And that was it. And I like shut that door and was like, I am never teaching online again. And then it took another year, whole year or so, of me realizing why that was such a hard time and having to work through all of these mental blocks. So I had to work a lot on my own limiting beliefs. I had to work on my relationship with my body, my body image. I had to start to just trust myself as a teacher. And then I told him that I wanted to try again. And I did. And it took another like year of teaching YouTube videos consistently and honestly hating it. 
but I knew it wasn't about me. It was about serving people that might not have access to yoga, that might not be able to show up to a studio space, that might need yoga for free because everyone needs yoga. So I used that as an opportunity to share my teachings in an accessible way. And it took up that whole year of doing it over and over and over to say like, okay, and just recently, like six months ago or so, I started to feel confident. It took like a year, year and a half to finally get through it, doing it consistently. So I say that because I get it. I hear all of you. And it's also very, very possible to get through it and to actually learn to enjoy it. Some of you did say, you know, I, how do you create that genuine connection through, through teaching in the online space? It's absolutely possible to create genuine, authentic connection. I know it can be challenging because I know personally and from what I hear from other teachers, when we teach in person, we are receiving immediate feedback from our students. We can visually see our students' bodies. We can feel their energy. We can hear their breath. Maybe we, not right now, are doing hands-on adjustments. And it helps us to receive that immediate feedback in that moment to continue with our teachings. So that is one challenge with learning to teach online, but it's not something that should stop you. You can still create connection, even if you can't visually see your students moving through the practice with you. Here are some things you can do that can help to create that genuine connection. And so this next one is like if you were teaching live online yoga classes. So that would not be like a YouTube video or any pre-recorded classes. That would be anything that's live. So like we're doing right now, Facebook Live or Zoom or um, Instagram Live. I love to do this one on my Zoom classes. So before the class starts... You can have people drop into the chat box, just like I had all of you do, right? So drop into the chat box one word that describes how you're feeling right now. So that can help create your students to, to feel this sense of connection to you through the camera, through the computer. So they're not just showing up and not being seen. Another thing you can do is to make it fun to drop something silly in the chat, like, What's your, you know, drop in the, in the chat today, like what your favorite animal is or your favorite snack or something. I've seen teachers do that and it's goofy and fun. You can also ask them before class, drop into the chat. What do you want to work on today? What's your favorite yoga pose? Maybe I'll try to add it into class today. Or what spaces are feeling really tight? I can try to add in some neck stretches today, right? So then they're feeling the sense of being seen and heard. Another thing is you can ask, what's one, th one thing that you're grateful for today? So dropping them into that space of feeling gratitude. If you're, the other thing you can do, which is, is challenging if you have a large class, but when I would have maybe up to 10 people on a live Zoom class with me, I would do this. So if you're using Zoom or anything like it where they're, they can open their video, this is really great. Have each student unmute themselves share their name, maybe one word, how are you feeling or what are you grateful for? Maybe it's where are you located? Where are you joining us from? And then each, each person, each student gets a moment to speak actually to the group. So now you're, you're creating this container for all the students that are joining you to actually connect with the other students in the class, even though it's through the online space. And it, was, it used to be so fun when I would do that with maybe about 10 people or so. It was so cute because 
I'd see one student that knew another student on the screen and they're like waving to each other through the Zoom screen like, hi, it's so good to see you. I miss seeing you in person, but it's great to be here with you. Now let's talk about, so those are just some ways, some simple ways to help create connection, okay? Um, The other thing you can do, actually, I didn't say this part yet. The other thing you can do is after the class, okay? So after the class, announce that you're going to make yourself available. You're going to stay on for another 10 minutes. And if you want to just hang out with, you can just say, if you want to hang out with me, say hi. If you have a question, I'm here, right? And every time I would do that, maybe like five, six, seven people would just hang out and we would just talk or laugh or talk about yoga or the class or next week's class. So again, just creating an opportunity for students to be there together. Now the actual teaching part. So that's kind of like your, your ways to create connection and now it's the actual teaching part. So once you're on your mat and you're teaching, the first thing is you wanna set up your mat perpendicular to the camera, mostly. Okay, so perpendicular to the camera. So you can see your whole body from the camera. And don't worry, we're going to get some more technical tips towards the end of our conversation. The other thing is once you're teaching to teach and speak like there are real people in front of you. So even if you can't see them, so maybe you're teaching a live Zoom class, you see all these little boxes, right? You can like, you want to like look and turn to them at times. Same thing goes for teaching pre-recorded classes. I remember... (laughs) Again, you guys, you're going to just have to go through that awkward stage if it's new for you. Just know it's going to be awkward to learn to teach online. When I first started, Tommy, again, my partner, he would he would have to tell me, like, try to remember, like, there are real people that are going to be watching this. Because I got, like, really robotic and weird, and I never looked at the camera, and I just felt so, like, disconnected. And I had to learn to actually for even for pre-recorded classes to learn and like look at the camera and like make a joke and laugh and just make it more like authentic and personable. So your verbal cues are going to need to be so clear, direct, and easy to follow because your students are not going to always be able to to look up their phone or the computer, right? So if they're practicing, it's, it's harder for them to see you like they would be in a real class where it's easier to kind of like see what the teacher's doing or to see what other students are doing and be able to kind of know what posture you're doing. Your cues need to be so clear that it's almost like if you were on an audio only, your students could, could follow you without video. So try to think of it like that. Like if my, if I led a class that was audio recording only, could my students follow me and know what I'm saying, what postures, what um, alignment cues, right? It's really good. It's going to actually help you step up your game in clear, direct cues. It's a great opportunity. You're going to need to demo the entire class mostly, not always, Depending on the style you're teaching, if your students know you and your teachings, they might know the direction that you're taking them easier than a brand new student that's never practiced with you. You will need to demo majority unless, like I said, it's a group that you know that's been practicing with you for years and they just know 
your sequencing, your language, and um, kind of the flow that you take them through. One more tip to add for once you're actually teaching is if it's possible in the, say you're teaching a vinyasa flow class, okay? If it's possible, I would always create my sequences so I'm not facing the back, so they're not seeing the back of my body. So that means that the sequencing looks a little bit different than um, maybe in like a, a general flow class where you're kind of going right side, left side in the same direction. I would start facing the front, right foot forward, say I'm going into warrior two, and then reverse side angle or something, come up through center and then shift to face the back of the mat for warrior two. So I would do that. So I'm hitting both sides and the, the screen is sees my face and my body both ways. If you aren't already a member, I'd love for you to join me in the free private Facebook group for yoga teachers. Just simply search Yoga Teacher Circle on Facebook. Most of these episodes are recorded live in the Facebook group where you can ask questions in real time and connect with the Yoga Teacher Circle community. Now, back to the episode. Let's talk about charging. Let's talk about charging for your classes and getting paid for your classes and for your time. So I believe that you should absolutely charge for your classes. And there are certain reasons and times where not charging is absolutely beautiful, necessary, important as well. But your work is highly valuable. And you have spent a lot of time going through YTTs, continuing education, a lot of time preparing to teach your classes online, right? So you're spending a lot of time and you deserve to get paid. This is a business. This is your career. This is your job. It just so happens that your job is also one of the a very spiritual um, healing practice. And I know that some people believe it should uh, always be free. And yes, and no, there are times that both of them are needed. Different ways to charge. Okay, so I've got a list different ways to charge. The first one, you can do a drop-in fee. So that's just like a one-time drop-in fee paper class. So you can set your rates, 10, 15, 20 dollars, whatever you want it to be, five dollars. You just say, okay, before class to sign up, you know, here's the $10 fee. They pay it, they sign up, and they're in. You can do packages. So maybe you you do a package that's for one month, and that might look like, hey, here's a four-class pack or an eight-class pack. Maybe they want to teach or to practice with you two times each week. So that's eight classes a month. Maybe if they buy an eight-pack, they get a small discount. There's a membership. You don't need a fancy website, a fancy membership website to have this. But to do a simple membership offering, it would be something like create a Facebook group, a private Facebook group, just like I have with you, what you're in right now. Your clients pay you a monthly membership fee outside of that Facebook group. And now they're part of this Facebook group where you teach one, two, three yoga classes each week. And they get access to all those classes for that monthly membership. And you go live in that Facebook group, group just like I am right now with you. You can also 
give them more value in that group by maybe dripping in like a meditation or encouragement. So maybe they don't just um, like a Zoom class, like they just see you every Monday, but the group has a little bit more room now for that connection and community. You can, you can ask them, how are you feeling today after our amazing practice yesterday? Right? So you can create that connection with them. So another one is donation-based. You can, this is actually what I was doing the most, was donation-based. So offering a suggested donation amount, and I was doing $10 to $20 per class. And I would even say, like, you know, join me for my donation-based class on Monday. Suggested donation is $10 to $20. You can donate more or less. No one will be turned away if unable to pay. So what does that do? Offers students that might financially not be able to practice right now. So I like to make yoga accessible in ways that I can. And that was just one way that worked for me. The other great thing about this idea about donation-based is I would generally, I was making more than I would if I was charging everyone like $10 per class. People were really generous. So they were making generous donations and some people, maybe it was a little under the suggested, that was $5. And then students that just couldn't pay and they just kept showing up too. It was really um, a beautiful option to create for all people to feel welcome and to show up and not to feel bad if they just really can't pay right now. So it's also a really hard time right now with coronavirus. A lot of people lost work, lost jobs. So that's another reason why I wanted to make it that way personally. Then there's this kind of similar, but pay what you can and want. You can do it like that. So that's just like, hey, you know, it's, you're asking them to pay something. So you might get someone that's like $5, but you might get someone that's like $40. It can open up a lot of room, like pay what you want and what you can. The ways that I was getting paid and get paid through teaching online is mostly through PayPal. Um, I was offering Venmo as well, so that was working for just a really simple way. So I would recommend Venmo, PayPal, Stripe. I've never used Stripe, but I know a lot of teachers that do. So if you don't have an actual like membership site or a website even, that's okay. You don't need one. But the, the simplest way would probably be Venmo and PayPal because you can have your PayPal and you can just say, you know, you can send me a payment through this email through PayPal or you can send them a request to make the payment. If you're charging an actual fee or a package deal, it's important to get their payment before the class starts. So that's part of their sign-up process with you. It's also really nice to know if you're preparing for a class around how many students are going to be there. So you want to get that commitment before, and then they're more inclined to really show up. So they're not like, hey, I'll be there on Monday, but there's no sign up or pay. And then they just don't show up because they didn't like fully commit. I think that's really important. But if you're doing donation based, you can do, um, you can have it be part of the sign up. So then maybe they make a donation before class starts. They just signed up for your class. Uh, some people might just sign up and they might not donate yet. So if that's the case, on the call, on your, your live call, I would remind the group at the end, thank you so much for joining me today. This is a donation-based class. I really appreciate any donations. If you haven't had a chance to make a donation yet, you can go here. 
and then you type into the chat or you just tell them. You can find me on Venmo. You can find me on PayPal. And then at that point, I would actually, you know, a lot of people would end up sending donations because maybe they just forgot beforehand. So now let's get into, let's dive into technical steps, some technical steps. The first thing, setting up your space. So it's important to create your space to be clean with a clear background. So no clutter, not a bunch of stuff in the background. As simple and clear and clean as you can. A busy background is really distracting. And if you just, if that's just not possible, do it outside. Unless you live in Phoenix, Arizona in the summertime, I wouldn't say do it outside, but do it outside, right? Find a nice grassy spot where it's, where it's fresh and clean. You know, teach your classes out there. The other thing is to make sure that you have good lighting. Additional lighting would be if you, if you choose to invest into lighting, a video light kit with soft box. So that's what it's called. I asked my partner, Tommy, the videographer. So that's a video light kit with a soft box. If you are not ready to invest financially into additional lighting, that's okay. It's not a reason to not start. When we first started filming our YouTube videos years ago, we didn't have additional lights. We literally pulled all of the lamps from the house and set them up around my mat, not in the view of the camera, so they had to be out, out of the view, but close enough to where it would light me up. So there you go, you can get creative. Pull all the lamps together. If you don't have enough lamps, Make sure you're filming where it's daytime and open the windows, get some really good light in. But you don't want to be up against a window with the window being your background because it's going to turn out to make, make you be like a silhouette. So your body is going to be dark if your, your background is a window. So you would want the window to be in front of you and that's going to help light you up. So different platforms to use to teach live classes. So we'll talk about pre-recorded after. So live classes, Facebook Live. I personally would not do a Facebook Live on my like general page. The reason that I would not is because I think that it, it would make it so easy for people to just kind of like pop in, watch me and then leave. And here I am putting a lot of work in and it's not necessarily like you have to sign up or anything like that. So it's just, it makes it kind of like, I don't want to say devalues, but I like to personally make the classes feel like, okay, I got to sign up. I got to pay. I got to show up. I'm excited to log in for class today versus like, oh, someone's scrolling on Facebook and they see that Taylor Ray is teaching a yoga class right now. Like, can I join in? Can I not? I'm a little confused. So it's still a great option. But if I were to teach Facebook live classes, I would do it in a group, a private group. And hopefully they're paying you. Same thing goes for Instagram Live. And the thing that you can do is drip in little, little tips, little bits, right? So you don't want to give everything away for free. So if you're on Instagram teaching a yoga class, teach like a 10-minute little mini yoga class. Get people interested. Get people seeing that you offer this. And then invite them. I'm teaching an hour-long practice on Friday. You can sign up here. If you enjoyed this, sign up for Friday's class. It's longer, it's juicier, it's better. So you're not just giving everything away, making it that easy. You want to you take them through a process where they're excited to join you. I use Zoom 
I love Zoom. I think it's awesome. I think it's personally like top choice for teaching those online classes, live online classes. People have to sign up and buy them signing up and registering, but you have to go into Zoom and actually choose that yourself in your settings. So you have to like in your Zoom website, you need to go in and like actually choose. Okay, like require meeting registration. And then you get to actually type in like your content, what you want to say about your class. You can send donations here, you can add that in, and then you'll get notifications that people signed up. And then another thing that I really like about Zoom is that if you're brand new to teaching online, you don't have to have anyone on your Zoom class with you. You get to like practice, do like a little practice run. So like set up your Zoom and then record. So make sure that you're recording. You can hit record easily. Teach a little 15 minute segment. So set up your space, do your thing, speak, look at the camera a couple times and then quit and then watch it. Watch it back. Follow it. Does it does it sound good? Are my cues clear? Like how like get to feel it out as a student. And then you tweak things as needed for once you really go live with students. And then there's Google Hangouts, which is pretty similar to Zoom. I haven't personally used it. I know some people use it though. And there's um, a streaming a, like a website platform called Nama Stream. Yeah, so Nama Stream is another one. And the thing that's good about Namastream is you can live stream classes or host your pre-recorded classes. But I'm not sure the actual membership rate. It is a membership site for you. So you have to like join, become a member, but then you have this really great platform. If you were choosing to build like a full on online business, I think it's a great option to look at. There are so many ways, you guys. There are so many ways to teach online. So those are just a handful. And then here are some different ways to teach pre-recorded classes online. So YouTube, that's what I use. I know so many people using YouTube. You don't get um, you don't get much in the in the start. It's a way to build your name, to build a following, to give out some free yoga. People that live different spaces around the world can practice with you, right? And you have to hit a certain amount of like subscribers and a certain amount of watch time hours to start getting paid through YouTube ads. So if you're trying to get paid, it's going to be like the long haul. You got to be real committed to it. So with that, there's also Teachable. There's a platform called Teachable. And that's another great membership site. Teachable does take a percentage of, I forget what the percentage is, but... Again, like there's cost to doing business, right? So PayPal takes a percentage, right? But they help me run an online business. So Teachable takes a percentage. You can host your pre-recorded classes on one platform. People can sign, pay you right then and there and have access. Same thing goes for Thinkific. So Teachable and then Thinkific. Very, very similar to Teachable. And then again, the um, Namastream, like I said earlier, Namastream is another good one for those pre-recorded. You can host pre-recorded classes that people pay you for. So now let's dive into audio. The sound quality of your online teachings is more important than your video quality. Students need to hear you better than they need to see you. So if the audio sucks, they're out. They're done. They don't want to listen to that. Okay, so students need to be able to hear you clearly. 
Again, they won't be looking at the screen as much. It's gonna be harder to look at the screen. A couple different things to do with Zoom audio is if you don't have a mic and maybe you're not, you're not ready to invest yet, I would start with Zoom. Teach live classes on Zoom. Don't place your computer too far away from you. The audio sounds really good. I think it works. You can also get portable earbuds. So like AirPods, there are different kinds of brands similar to AirPods. You have these wireless buds in your ear that have a microphone. So you'll have the ear pods in your ear the whole time, but it's a microphone. So then um, when you go back and then you edit, you can kind of clean it up a little bit. You can invest into a wireless headset or a lavalier mic. A lot of options out there, you guys. Wireless headset or lavalier mic. So with video, let's talk about video. You can use your iPhone. If you have an iPhone or a good whatever else there is, I'm, I'm an iPhone user, so I don't even know other brands. But you can use your iPhone or any other kind of phone that has a decent camera. There are teachers that record great classes with their iPhones, okay? So if you have an iPhone and or your, your reason, you're like, I can't start teaching yet. Like, I don't have a camera. I don't have a mic. I don't have any of the tools. Don't let that stop you. Start now. Grow into that. Start with your iPhone, make some money from teaching, and then reinvest it into your business and go buy a nicer camera or something, a webcam. So if you're using an iPhone or phone, you can set up a makeshift tripod, stack some books, create it to be, you know, where it's at the right angle, right height, make sure your phone is on landscape mode, and make sure that you can see your entire body. So if you were to lift your arms up overhead, your hands, your fingertips are not cut off. If you want to invest, webcams, great. Webcams work great. There are really good brands out there. And then if you want to invest even it's more, a DSLR camera is what you'd want to get. So that's DSLR. It would be good. They're, they're not very expensive if you are using an iPhone to, to invest into a tripod. So you can place your iPhone properly in it and then you can angle it to the right angle so you can see your whole body properly. If you are pre-recording classes, you'll need to edit them. So you'll need to edit out like you in the beginning, like walking from your camera, like pushing record to getting to your mat and at the end, getting up off your mat, walking to your camera, ending it. So you'll need to use some type of editing software so if you have a uh, Mac computer, you can use iMac I, or iMovie. iMovie is on all Mac computers. And then if you use a PC, there's a program called OpenShot. So you can edit out yourself in the start and the end, right? So it's clean and clear and there's not a bunch of like mess in the beginning and end. You don't need to get so fancy with the editing. Don't worry so much about the editing part. If you decide to learn more about editing. It is a whole new thing. So watch some YouTube tutorials on how to edit the audio, right? So maybe you can help like amp up the clarity of your audio. It's not very hard. The most important thing is to just start, truly. You'll gain confidence as you go. You're gonna start messy. It's gonna be awkward. You're gonna feel so awkward in the beginning. It's weird, it really is. So start when you're afraid and take action. Say yes first, figure it out after. 
Say yes first, figure it out after. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'd love to stay connected with you in between episodes. You can find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Ray Yoga and join the free private Yoga Teacher Circle Facebook group, which is full of some pretty awesome and badass yoga teachers. 